Our scripture lesson today comes from Psalm 46, 1 through 3, 8 through 11. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. On the earth, he makes wars cease to end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still, and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Thank you, Kendall, for being our liturgist this morning. Would you join me once again in an attitude of prayer? Gracious God, in the silence, we seek you. So please open our eyes and the ears of our hearts that we would hear what you would like to say to us this day. For you, God, and you alone are our strength our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Well, it's not lost on me the irony of the fact that we're talking today about calmness and stillness and also silence, and I'm going to talk to you for 15 minutes about that. <laughs> um, I, I did honestly think uh, as I was preparing uh, for today that maybe we would just sit here for 15 minutes and like have a group meditation, but, but I didn't want to throw you into the deep end too quickly. Um, we're continuing our sermon series, our Lenten sermon series, on Brene Brown's book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And this is week four out of uh, seven. And uh, for those of you who maybe haven't been here the last few weeks, I want to just do a quick recap, because what we've been doing every week so far is we have been talking about what it takes to cultivate a particular um, aspect of wholehearted living and we've also been talking about what we need to let go of in order for us to cultivate that aspect of wholehearted living. So in week one, Pastor Gary talked about how we can cultivate authenticity by letting go of what other people think. And then we talked about cultivating creativity by letting go of comparison. Last week, we focused in on cultivating the elusive play and rest in our lives and what it means to let go of exhaustion and productivity as a status symbol and the source of our worth. And today, we are turning inward once again, and we're talking about what might very well be the most difficult topic of this sermon series so far, because we're talking about what it takes to cultivate calmness and stillness and to let go of anxiety and fear as a lifestyle. Now, before we dive into our second scripture lesson, I, I want to set the scene for you because we're going to be taking a close look at the Exodus narrative, one of the most central stories in the Old Testament. And it's a long story, so we can't read the whole thing, but it's important to understand the context of what is going on because when we encounter the Israelite people here in chapter 14, they're between a rock and a hard place. Now, if you know how the story goes, the ancient Israelite people spend about 430 years in the land of Egypt. And most of that time, they are enslaved. 
they are forced by the Egyptian people to do manual labor. Most often they made bricks. Uh, and, and just basically their life in Egypt was not very good. And at one point, this guy Moses comes along and begins to advocate for the Hebrew people. And after a couple of plagues, uh, the Egyptian pharaoh finally decides to let the Egyptians go free. And so they set off in the wilderness, headed to this promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. But before they get there, they have to go through the desert. And right about the time that they get to the Red Sea is when the Egyptian pharaoh back in Cairo thinks to himself, why did I let this free labor force go? So he changes his mind. And pharaoh sets out with the strongest army known to humans at that time to chase down the Israelite refugees. And when we encounter the Hebrew people today, They are on the edge of the Red Sea, and the Egyptian army, the text says, 600 chariots have finally caught up to them. And it's a moment of great fear and greater anxiety, because the question is, what is going to happen when the great and powerful Pharaoh finally catches them? So this is where we pick up the text and the story. This is Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 14. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing that we told you? Let us alone so that we can serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die out here in the wilderness. Can you hear the fear and anxiety in their voices? But Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm. And see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to keep still. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our story today begins with great fear and anxiety. Now, when I was a kid, I had a terrible fear of spiders. Terrible fear of spiders for the longest time. In fact, um, up until the time I was probably well into high school, every night before I would go to bed, I would have to scan the ceiling of my room to make sure there were no spiders. And right where the wall and the ceiling meet, that little line, that's where I would look because that's where they would tend to be. And heaven help me if I saw a spider on my wall trying to go to bed. We're all afraid of something. Maybe you're scared of spiders, maybe snakes. Maybe you're afraid of heights or you're afraid of the dark. Maybe you're afraid of clowns. It's totally justified, by the way. (laughs) We all have something that makes us afraid. 
but I want us to hear today that the fear that the Israelites experienced that day as they were trapped between the sea and the sea of the Egyptians is a fear of a whole different magnitude. Now, there's nothing bad about the fears we have about spiders and in the dark. Those, those are valid. But the thing we're talking about today is something greater. This is a fear that, as Martin Luther writes in his hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, which we sung just a little bit ago, those things that threaten to undo us. Now, I don't know if Martin Luther had this particular story on his mind as he wrote that hymn, but I like that description for things like Egypt because what the Israelites faced that day as they were trapped between the rock and the hard place was a force that was powerful enough to be their unbecoming. The greatest military force that the world had ever seen against a group of refugees. They didn't stand a chance. Now, throughout the history of biblical interpretation, scholars have seen the nation of Egypt as a metaphor. A metaphor for all of those fears and those anxieties that would threaten to undo us those things that come before us at certain times in our lives, and we simply do not know how to respond. Now, I look out in the congregation today, and I see the faces of people I know who have faced some Egypts. Things that are Egypts in our lives are things like illnesses, diagnoses that may, might not be curable, things like divorce, things like death, Things like grief, things like pandemics, things like climate change, things like a destabilizing economy, things like nuclear war. These are the things that threaten to undo us from our very sense of self. These are the Egypts that are before us. Now, you might not experience all those things that I listed, but I think every one of us here has in Egypt has something, a deep-seated fear, might even be an anxiety that threatens to be our unbecoming. Now, I don't know who needs to hear this this morning. It very well might be me. But I want to be clear, since we're talking about anxiety and fear, that the presence of fear and anxiety in your life does not indicate a lack of faith. The presence of fear and anxiety does not indicate a lack of faith. We all have our Egypts. This is why I'm so grateful that in her chapter on calm and stillness, Brene Brown says that in her research on wholehearted living, the people that she interviewed who, who were most living a wholehearted life were not the people who were anxiety-free. The people living a wholehearted life were not the people who were anxiety-adverse. She says they were the people who were anxiety-aware. They were the people who knew that they had an Egypt, a force that was more powerful than they could manage, a fear and anxiety that was before them that threatened to be their undoing. They were aware of that, and they chose to live a life that acknowledged it, 
but refused to live anxiety as a lifestyle. And the way they combated the reality of their anxiety was to practice calm and stillness. Now, when we are faced with those Egypts, those things that threaten to undo us, our bodies go into this thing called fight-or-flight mode. Okay, and this is the way that our ancestors evolved to protect themselves from danger. And fight or flight, as it implies, says that there are one of two answers to anxiety. Either take control and try to fight, or run away as fast as possible. And if you've ever felt that fight or flight instinct kick in, you know that your palms begin to sweat, your heart begins to race. But if you look at the text, and if you look at what Moses says to the people who are facing a fear and an anxiety that threatens to be their undoing, Moses doesn't tell them, give in to fight or flight. He doesn't say fight, and he doesn't say flee. He says, be still. Now, I don't know about you, but this sounds like absolutely terrible advice. This doesn't make sense. Because our bodies have been trained that in the source of, or in the, in the presence of great fear, we should either fight or flee. But Moses has talked to God. And Moses knows the wisdom that comes from seeking calm and stillness. And so he invites the people in the face of the greatest danger they have ever faced, be still. Be calm. Wait upon God. For you will see this day that God will come to your aid. He's inviting the Israelites to cultivate not just calm and stillness, but cultivate faith in the midst of fear. The faith to be still. Psalm 46 says it more poetically. Be still and know that I am God. Now, the NRSV says be still, but I actually like the New American Standard Version better because it translates that verse, stop your striving and know that I am God. This is what the Israelites needed to hear that day in the face of their Egypt. You don't stand a chance. <laughs> In the face of our Egypts, I think we need to hear that too. That we don't stand a chance. That in the face of those fears that could be our own undoing, in the face of our insecurities, in the face of our own selfishness and distortions of God's good gifts, if we seek to strive to fix and control everything, we will find ourselves losing. And so the message of Moses for the Israelites is be still. And in the stillness, learn to not trust yourself, but to trust in God. Because when we seek a moment of stillness and calmness, what we're doing is we are creating space in our consciousness to tune in to God's frequency to hear what God is speaking to us and to see how God is leading us through that moment of fear, through that moment of anxiety, across the Red Sea, 
and towards freedom. Now, we are really bad at stillness. We are really bad at being silent. And here I am talking to you. But I think it's good for us to remember that the practice of cultivating calm and stillness is not about sitting on the floor with our legs crossed trying to chase that elusive nothingness that the meditation masters talk about. Although there's a lot of value in doing that, I think. It's about slowing down in the face of Egypt, letting go of the illusion of self-control and self-reliance and seeking in the stillness and the silence the presence of God that is always in the atmosphere, always there with us, I believe, ready to guide us and lead us through the things that scare us the most. If we would just stop trusting in our own selves and place our trust in God. Now this is exactly what happens with the story of the Exodus. Because in the stillness, in the silence, God intervenes. And if you know how the story goes, God says to Moses, put your hands over the water and part them like this and see that the waters divide and dry land emerges. And so the Israelites go across and they're delivered from slavery to freedom. And God takes care of the Egyptians too. In the silence, the Israelites find the way forward. And in the silence, we too can discover the way forward in the face of the thing that threatens to undo us the most. Because in the silence, God leads, God guides, and God delivers. But we need to remember that sometimes we need to get quiet and be still so that we can truly listen to the grace of God that wants to meet us in that place of anxiety. I'm not saying that God will take away fear. I'm not saying that anxiety will magically disappear. There are those of us in this room who suffer with anxiety. The road of life will not get instantly easy because we place our trust in God. But the good news is that God will never stop leading you. God will never stop guiding you. God will never stop delivering you moment by moment from fear, through faith, to freedom. Because, see, the freedom that the Israelites experienced that day was not just a freedom from a temporal power called Egypt. It was a freedom from the narrative that they had to do it themselves. I think they learned a little bit about spiritual freedom as they learned to trust in God and discover as they did that God intervenes in the stillness, in the silence, in the calm to light the way forward. So friends, when you find yourself facing an Egypt, and if you aren't facing one today, I can guarantee you one day you will, let us be people who take time to be still. 
for this narrative of the Exodus, this story that was so central to the Hebrew people, is also our story. For we are those who trust in the mercy of Christ to deliver us from all that we fear, even those deepest anxieties that threaten to undo us. So slow down, tune into God's frequency, and find there God guiding you, find there God leading you, and find there God delivering you from fear, through faith, to freedom. May it be so. Amen.